everybody. Happy Wednesday. I decided to do the show today so that I could, you know, discuss the Champions League matches that uh, that took place today. Um, I was actually seriously considering just doing a show on Friday uh, so that I could talk about the Europa League matches that are going to take place tomorrow. But uh, I'm planning on watching a bunch of them tomorrow, and um, I actually have a I have a paper due um, on Saturday night. Sunday, I think maybe. Um, so I actually just wanted to, you know, do a show now. So I'm not stressing about both a paper and doing a show essentially at the same time. Um, and I'll cover, you know, the Europa League next week. Um, you know, we'll know who's moving on to the next round. Uh, Champions League, you know, we only had uh, the first legs happen today. Europa League will be tomorrow, second leg of the round of 32. Um, you know, anything can happen. So I'm not even going to say that some of these are already decided. We've seen in the past that teams have gone up as many as three goals. And, you know, on the, the second leg, they've completely just tanked and, you know, let the other team back into it and even advance in some cases. You know, Barcelona with Liverpool, you know, craziness. But this is the Europa League I'm talking about. So it's a little bit different. Um, there are some pretty intriguing matches that are going to be coming up in the Europa League um, tomorrow. Games that I'm definitely going to focus on, um, but I'll get to those in a minute. Um, Champions League, UEFA Champions League, round of 16, first leg. Some of these I covered already last week, but I'm just going to revisit the ones that happened last week. So we had RB Leipzig falling to Liverpool 2-0, and then Barcelona falling to PSG 4-1. And then we had Borussia Dortmund over Sevilla, 3-2. And then Porto, surprisingly, defeating Juventus last week, 2-1. Uh, yesterday, um, you know, one of the the best goals I've seen from Olivier Giroud. Um, for Chelsea, it was, you know, Chelsea defeated Atletico Madrid in Madrid. I'm pretty sure this game was. I mean... Atletico Madrid was the home team. You know, they've been doing some kind of, you know, weird stuff with some of these matches. But, uh, I mean, Olivier Giroud, that that was just a good goal. I mean, it does seem like, you know, when he has to, he can show up, you know, make some pretty amazing goals and uh, make himself look like a superstar. You know, if this was a, if he was an NBA player, this would definitely be on a poster. Uh, But it was Chelsea 1, Atletico Madrid 0. And then... We had Bayern defeat Lazio 4-1. And today, we had Atalanta 0, Real Madrid 1. Um, Real Madrid, you know, I'm not totally convinced. I mean, yes, they're they're up and they have an away goal. But I'm not totally convinced that they're going to they're gonna win that second leg and, and even, you know, the entire, uh, on, you know, matchup on aggregate. Because, you know, it was kind of... I don't know. They kind of snuck out of there with with the, the lead and an away goal going into the second leg. But Atalanta, keep in mind, people, they've been surprising people a lot for the last two or three seasons. So, you know, they have that. I hate this word, but they have that bounce back ability. And, uh, you know, I'm looking I'm, I'm looking for them to knock out Real Madrid um, for the second leg. I'm, I'm calling it now because. Real Madrid just barely, they were just barely able to sneak out of there with that win. Um, I don't know, we'll see. Last match, uh, it was Borussia Mönchengladbach 0, 
Manchester City too. I still think the Manchester City has, you know, it, it's it's kind of easy to argue, but you know, with Bayern saying Bayern has the best team in the world right now, um, but I think on, on paper, which doesn't really mean anything, I still think the Manchester City, even with an injured Sergio Aguero, I still think that Manchester City has the best team in the world. Uh, that's just that's my personal opinion. Obviously, they haven't proven that, you know, because they haven't really, you know, made it to the Champions League uh, final. But uh, I, I absolutely believe they have the best team, at least on paper, in the world. Um, so yeah, they're they're one step closer um, to to moving on to the next round, and you know, next round is when it's going to get interesting. This round is still, you know, there's still some some craziness going on. Even though Liverpool is up over RB Leipzig, Liverpool has looked terrible for the last month and a half, two months. Um, so anything can happen with that. Same thing with Sevilla and uh, Borussia Dortmund, Porto and Juventus. Even though I expect Juventus to come back in the second round, or excuse me, the second leg, and uh, completely dominate. Um, of course, I expected them to do that in the first leg. It didn't happen. But, you know, these games that are only separated by a goal, especially. I mean, it might be hard for, you know, RB Leipzig. Um, plus, they're, you know, Liverpool in their game, their matchup, I should say. Uh, Liverpool has two away goals over RB Leipzig. So that might be a little difficult for them to overcome. But these other matches where it's only a one-goal difference, um, Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund, Porto versus uh, Juventus, Atletico versus Chelsea, and then that um, Atalanta Real Madrid. I mean, just because these teams are up does not mean that it's a guarantee that they're going to move on. Especially that Atalanta Real Madrid. You know, I'm not going to say mark my words. Yeah, I am. Mark my words. I'm. I'm pretty sure. I'm very, very confident that Atalanta is going to defeat. Um, not only defeat Real Madrid, but also to move on to uh, the quarterfinals. All right. Um, Moving on to the Europa League matches for last week. Um, so we had, uh, I think I already covered these last week. Or no, actually I didn't because of when I did this show. That's right. Um, there's also some interesting matchups. The one that I'm for sure going to watch is Young Boys from Switzerland. They're up 4-3 to three over Bayer Leverkusen um, from the Bundesliga. And... Leverkusen's a really good team. They're, you know, they're typically one of those teams that'll kind of always sort of finish in the top six in the Bundesliga for a while. They were always in the top four. Um, I think that's going to be a really good game. I don't know exactly where they're playing it because I know even though it's supposed to be in Leverkusen, Germany kind of has some strict rules um, because of COVID. But that one should be a really good, really, really good match to watch. Um, another one is going to be the Slavia Prague versus Leicester City. Now, that game should be uh, should be in in the UK, but you know because of all these different COVID measures in different countries, it's hard to say. I don't have the information right in front of me. But that match ended zero zero, so that should be a very very interesting one. Uh, also, Granada is up two to zero over Napoli, and I mean I just I have a feeling that Napoli somehow is going to uh, get a three zero win in that in that uh, the return leg the second leg tomorrow to be able to you know to win that that matchup um then you got Lille they're down two to one to Ajax um Barcelona or excuse me Benfica and Arsenal they're at one one right now and then Antwerp 
is down to Rangers four to three. So those are a bunch of good matches. Also, another one. Uh, you got Olympiacos is up four to two over PSV Eindhoven. Um, I don't know. There, there's just a lot of good, a lot of solid matchups in here. Anything can happen. There's the RB or RB Red Bull Salzburg. Um, they're down two to zero to Villarreal. It's the same thing. Um, some of the ones that you know I don't think are gonna uh, have any kind of twist to them. You got Tottenham up four to one over Wolfsburger AC, and then Manchester United is up four to zero over Real Sociedad. And Real Sociedad's been playing pretty good for the last few months, um, but I don't see them uh, bouncing back against uh, Manchester United. Th- those two matchups, I think, are, are pretty much solidified. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Another match that I might try to, you know, catch a little bit of is Molde uh, versus Hoffenheim. That that's at three three right now. Um, I've actually seen both of those teams play in person against Stuttgart. So um, even though, you know, Stuttgart's nowhere near the Europa League. <laughs> but I've, I've seen both of those teams play in person a long time ago. Saw that saw Molde play in Stuttgart back in 2012. Um, but yeah, that, that's another matchup that, uh, that might be interesting to me that I might, you know, try to catch a couple minutes of. All right, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of good matches for the Europa League coming up tomorrow. Strongly suggest you guys, uh, if you have the ability, you know, I know you got to pay for it or whatever, but uh, definitely to check out some of those because there'll definitely be some some uh, some good matches, especially if you're a neutral. If you have no vested interest in any of these teams, I would definitely pick uh, a game that right now is uh, is level uh, matchup that's level. And just watch that. And there's plenty of them. You got Red Star, Belgrade, and AC Milan, Dynamo Kiev, and Club Brugge. Uh, you got Slavia Prague and Leicester City. Uh, let's see what else. We got uh, Molde and Hoffenheim, and then Benfica and Arsenal. So any of those matches, I would, if you're neutral, I would definitely, definitely look into those because um, you know they should be be worth it. There's a lot to play for for both teams. All right, moving on to the French league. I'm going to cover, you know, top five like I usually do. Top five plus the Netherlands. Um, The scores for, you know, the last match day. So Ligue 1, the French League, match day 26. Last Friday, um, the 19th of February, we had Brest 2, Lyon 3. Then on Saturday, it was Set Etienne and Rems played to a 1-1 draw. And then Nantes and Marseille also played to a 1-1 draw. Sunday, we had Montpellier 2, Rennes 1. Lyon 2, Dijon one, Nice one, Metz two, Nem two, Bordeaux zero, Strasbourg and Angers played to a zero zero draw, FC Lorient one, Lille four, and then Paris Saint Germain zero, Monaco two. That was a that was a surprise. So the league on table after match day twenty six. It's so crazy to think that you know February is ending and you know, we only got a couple of more weeks. Of, well, it's really like a couple more months of uh, club football, but it's, it's pretty crazy how rapidly the end of the season is coming. You know, the next thing you know, we're going to be at match day 33, and you know we're going to be like, what, what what's going on? The season's about to end. But after match day 26 in league, uh, we got Lille on top with 58 points, Lyon's in second with 55, Paris Saint Germain's in third with 54. Monaco's in fourth with 52. Lens is in fifth with 40. Metz is in sixth with 38. 
bottom of the table in 18th, you got FC Lorient with 23 points. In 19th, you got NEM with 21 points. And in last place, Dijon with 15 points. Um, my match of match day 27, match of the week, or match of the match day, um, I got Marseille versus Lyon. It's definitely a, a game that should, should be pretty decent. All right, moving on to Spain and La Liga, match day 24. This past Friday, we had Real Betis 1, Getafe 0. On Saturday, we had Elche 1, Ibar 0. Levante defeated Atletico Madrid 2-0. Valencia 2, Celta Vigo 0. Real Valladolid 0, Real Madrid 1. On Sunday, Barcelona and Cadiz played to a 1-1 draw. Real Sociedad 4, Alaves 0. Huesca 3, Granada 2. Athletic Club 1, Villarreal 1. And then on Monday, we had Osasuna 0, Sevilla 2. So after match day 24, the Liga table looks like this. On top, we got Atletico Madrid with 55 points, followed by Real Madrid with 52 points. Sevilla's in third with 48 points. Barcelona's in fourth with 47. Real Sociedad is in fifth with 41. And Villarreal is in sixth with 37. Bottom of the table, Elche is in 18th with 21 points. Real Valladolid's in 19th with 21 points. And then Huesca is in last with 19 points. Um, my match of the match day for La Liga, match day 25, I got Sevilla versus Barcelona. That's a three versus four in the table. Should be a decent match. I know I say that all the time, but it should be a pretty good one. All right, moving on to Serie A, match day 23. This past Friday, Fiorentina 3, Spezia 0, Caligari 0, Torino 1. On Saturday, Lazio 1-0 over Sampdoria. Genoa and Hellas Verona played to a 2-2 draw. Sassuolo and Bologna played to a 1-1 draw. On Sunday, Parma 2, Udinese 2. And in the Milan derby, we had AC Milan 0, Inter 3. Uh, Atalanta 4, Napoli 2, Benevento 0, Roma 0. Then on Monday, Cristiano Ronaldo scored 2 goals. Juventus 3, Crotone 0. Serie A table after match day 23, we got Inter on top, which is surprising, with 53 points, followed by AC Milan with 49 points, Juventus is in third with 45 points, Roma's in fourth with 44, Atalanta's in fifth with 43, and Lazio is in sixth, also with 43. Bottom of the table, we got Caligari in 18th with 15 points, Parma's in 19th with 14 points, and Crotone is in last with 12 points my match of match day 24 we got roma versus ac milan i think ac milan will be looking to bounce back after losing the milan derby moving on to the premier league in england match day 25 friday wolves one leads zero on saturday we had southampton and chelsea play to a 1-1 draw burnley and west brom played to a 0-0 draw in the merseyside derby we had liverpool they've been Stumbling. I mean, there's no reason to think that they're not going to continue it. Liverpool 0, Everton 2. Fulham 1, Sheffield United 0. And on Sunday, we had West Ham 2, Tottenham 1. Ashton Villa 1, Leicester City 2. Arsenal fell to Manchester City 1-0. It's a disappointing game. And then Manchester United 3, Newcastle United 1. And on Monday, 
we had Crystal Palace with a late game winner, 2-1 over Brighton and Hove Albion. So the Premier League table after match day 25, we got Manchester City on top with 59 points. Manchester United is in second with 49. Leicester City is in third, also with 49. West Ham's in fourth with 45. Chelsea's in fifth with 43. Liverpool's in sixth with 40. Bottom of the table, we got Fulham in 18th with 22 points. West Brom's in 19th with 14 points. Sheffield United, bottom of the table with 11 points. So my matches of the match day for match day 26 in the Premier League, I got Leicester City versus Arsenal and then Chelsea versus Manchester United. All right, moving on to the Eredivisie and the Netherlands. Now I am going to try to pronounce the names of these teams. I see these all the time. You know, I watch some of the games. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce these. You know, I've just been going over the, the table for the last, I don't know, three, four, five shows. I am going to try to pronounce some of these names. Bear with me. All right, on Friday, we had William II, 0, Utrecht, 6. On Saturday, we had Emin, 3, Zvola, 2. Uh, we had VVV Venlo, 1, AZ, 4. Fortuna Sittard, 2, and Adio Den Haag, 0. And on Sunday, we had Twente and Feyenoord play to a 2-2 draw. Hernvein and Groningen play to a 1-1 draw. Valvik, 3, Hercules, 0. PSV Eindhoven, 3, Vitesse, 1. And then Ajax, 4, Sparta Rotterdam, 2. That was not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I say that myself. Oh, man. All right, so the Eredivisie table after match day 23. We got Ajax on top with 56 points, followed by PSV Eindhoven in second with 50 points. In third, we got AZ with 46 points. Feyenoord's in fourth with 42. Vitesse is in fifth, also with 42. And then Groningen's in sixth with 38. Bottom of the table, we got William II with 13 points. In 17th place, we got Adio Den Haag with 13 also. And then last place, we have Emin with 9 points. Coming up this weekend in the Eredivisie, or this match day, um, we actually have the, it's called the De Topper. Uh, it is PSV Eindhoven versus Ajax. Huge rivalry match um, going on between those two top teams in the Eredivisie, the Dutch League. All right, moving on to Germany in the Bundesliga, match day 22. Last Friday, we had Armenia Bielefeld 0, Wolfsburg 3. Then on Saturday, we had Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, Mainz 2. Eintracht Frankfurt, 2, Bayern Munich, 1, Freiburg, 0, Union Berlin, 1, Cologne, 0, VfB Stuttgart, 1, Schalke, 0, Borussia Dortmund, 4, and on Sunday we had Augsburg and Bayer Leverkusen play to a 1-1 draw, Hertha Berlin, 0, RB Leipzig, 3, and then Hoffenheim, 4, Werder Bremen, 0. So the Bundesliga table after 22 match days. We got Bayern Munich on top with 49 points. RB Leipzig's in second place with 47. And somehow I managed to completely mess up my notes here. Um, so I'm just going to skip down. Stuttgart is in 10th with 29 points. Bottom of the table, we got Armenia Bielefeld in 16th with 18 points. Mainz is in 17th with 17 points. And then Schalke is in 18th. And last place with nine points. Coming up this weekend, 
this next match day. We got VFB Stuttgart hosting Schalke and then RB Leipzig hosting Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now, I am going to look because I I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist, but I do not I do not like not having the correct uh, table information. So, yes. All right, we got uh but yeah. So we got Bayern Munich on top of 49. RB Leipzig is in second with 47. Wolfsburg's in third with 42. Eintracht Frankfurt is in fourth with 42. In fifth, we got Bayer Leverkusen with 37 points. And then Borussia Dortmund is in sixth with 36 points. Uh, I don't know how I messed my notes up like that. I can't stand that. All right. Um, that That's everything that I'm going to cover as far as leagues and scores and everything. Um, one of the things that, that just popped up in the news, um, I've actually been talking about this now for like two years, which is pretty upsetting um you know obviously the copa america got canceled last year because of covid and it was supposed to take place this year it will take place this summer um but you know because conway bowl has only 10 teams they typically invite two teams from outside the confederation to compete in their continental championship as guests for this iteration of the copa america they invited australia and qatar um but now, because of COVID, again, um, Australia and Qatar had to draw, withdraw, I should say, from the competition because their confederation, the AFC, the Asian Football Confederation, they are going to have, uh, they had to push back some of their World Cup qualifiers to June, which is when the Copa America is supposed to start. So as of right now, the Copa America is only going to be 10 teams. Uh, Common Bowl has said they're either going to try to invite two additional teams. I'm kind of hoping that the U.S. might try to sneak in there. We'll see. Um, or they are going to just go with 10 teams. I mean, they, they can do it both ways. I think for the, for the fans, I think it would be better to, uh, you know, have it with 12 teams instead of 10. Um, because, you know, 12 teams and you can do three, three groups of four um, with 10 teams in your you're essentially stuck doing it with two groups of five. And I think it just kind of, it, it dilutes it a little bit. Plus, you know, after like the second match day, you already know which teams are going to advance, um, you know, which kind of happens anyway. But I think it, in that case, it's just going to having 10 teams, it's just going to completely screw everything up. So they, they really do need to invite two more teams. Hopefully they're, they're teams with some quality. Um, I'm just going to, Go ahead and throw out the U.S. and Mexico, potentially. Or even if it's not the U.S., even if they invite like Canada, Mexico or Jamaica or Costa Rica, there's so many teams that um, they could potentially invite, you know, to, to their continental championship. Um, it, it just it really does suck. And it, it's hurting um, having covid mess everything up constantly. Um, it, it's two years and then, it, you know, it's going to be messing stuff up next year. So it's going to run into three years. Um, I don't know. It's just it's, it's the whole thing is just kind of annoying. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm so tired of talking about COVID. I really am. But, you know, there have been some some uh, little bit of progress, I guess, because in the UK, at least they're saying that by May, they're going to start having like fans back in the stadium. Um, you know, even for for me, like my personal life. Um, I'm starting to see things, you know, with with my job, uh, even though I've been been at home since last March. 
you know, now there's starting to be some things moving, some questions asked, and I'm starting to see, you know, a little bit of change with some stuff. So hopefully, um, you know, people are getting vaccinated. Um, you know, hopefully things will, will start to improve. Tragically, here in the U.S., we just uh, recently hit half a million, you know, dead Americans from COVID-19. Um, I actually just read an article this morning about a teacher from my high school. Um, he had some, you know, like post-COVID contraction complications, and he, he you know, passed away within the last couple of days, which is, is upsetting. I'm just, I'm so sick of COVID. I'm just, I'm so tired of it. I, I wish I could fast forward, you know, to like two or three years from now just to see how we're going to be, what we're going to be experiencing, and uh, hopefully things are, you know, somewhat back to normal. The, the good thing is, is that we really can only go up from here. Um, you know, people keep talking about the whole the Spanish flu and, you know, that was over 100 years ago now. And, you know, eventually we got back to, you know, mass gathering, people walking around without masks or whatever. And that, that's just what I'm what I'm really looking forward to. I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired of people being like scared of each other, too. You know, like go somewhere and people are scared to hold the door for you or get near you or, you know, I understand social distancing. I understand the six feet and everything or two meters, but, um, it's just, I don't know. We're, we're just so terrified of each other now. I don't know. It's, it's kind of annoying and no, it's not kind of annoying. It's, it's, it's very, very, very annoying. So, um, that, uh, that is all that I have for this week for this week's show. Again, I'm rambling and I'm always talking about COVID. I'm so tired of talking about COVID. Um, last week, I put out an open invite to anybody that wants to uh, play me in FIFA Ultimate Team. My team has actually gotten a little bit better. Uh, the team that I primarily use. So um, I'm, again, offering an invitation. If you know somebody wants to play me, I will have my PlayStation ID in the show notes. It's football boy RH. Um, you know, just send me an invite. I'll accept you, and then we can play. I'm not that good, which I, is something that I prove every day. But uh, I think my team is good enough that I can I can compete with almost anybody. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. But uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. For everybody that's listening, you know, last week's show I got quite a few more listens than I have over the last couple of weeks. I want to thank you guys for that. Thank you guys for sticking with the show. Um, I, I I appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. Um, I will be back next week. Um, yeah. You guys take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Wash your hands. Wash your mask. Drink water. And uh, enjoy some games this uh, this coming weekend. I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.